Today on the Topping Show, Bud Light's first non-free beer tweet is roasted. Miss Universe files for bankruptcy. Disney stock is being bought by another activist investor. DeSantis reacts to Tim Scott dropping out the presidential race. Chris Christie claims that Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are running for second place. And Trump is scared of Chris Christie. Microsoft launches AI chips to combat NVIDIA. Chuck E. Cheese is removing the beloved animatronics from all but one store. And Wanabana applesauce pouches with lead contaminants now reach a toll of 22 victims. All of that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Guys, he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner and need a little assistance, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So if you could click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Microsoft launching AI chips to take out the 500-pound gorilla that is NVIDIA. Now, Microsoft historically has been one of the most profitable, successful software manufacturers since the dawn of time. Pretty much every business relies on Microsoft for at least one app or another. Famously, you have Microsoft Teams, you have Microsoft Office Suite, email, Outlook, whole XY Banana Falcon. They have a whole ecosystem. And a couple years ago, it was highly controversial for one of the very first times, well, they attempted phones as a business blunder for another time to talk about, but they actually got into PCs, where historically, all the PCs you see, the personal computers, they're all manufactured by the traditional companies, such as Hewlett Packard, you had Dell, you have Lenovo, and at one time, in brief, brief history, you actually had Compaq back in the day, the OG laptop, and also their ones inside the suitcase, but nevertheless, you had all those traditional hardware manufacturers, and you had Microsoft OS and Microsoft Software Suite thrown on top of the hardware. Now, in terms of graphical chips and AI chips, I mean, NVIDIA is the 500-pound gorilla in the room, and no one wanted to take them on for the longest time because they have such a huge leap on the competition. And every time there's a trend in technology, they seem to benefit exponentially, which is one of the reasons why NVIDIA, their share is above $400 per share. I mean... Their stock has been doing better than I could possibly fathom. I spoke too soon. It's $492.30 for a single share of NVIDIA stock with a market cap of $1.22 trillion. I mean, their five-year stock trend for NVIDIA is up 1,097.33%, which is un fathomably successful. I mean, even just in the past year, they're up 209%. Year to date, they're up 243%. In the, just the past six months, it's up 63%. Uh, granted, their dividend yield is a little disappointing. It looks like it's 0.033, but nevertheless, they're at near $500 per share, and a lot of analysts are saying they could reach $600 per share. And it's partially because they have such a huge market dominance in that IT area. I mean, if you ever built a, my podcast editing PC, I built that from the ground up, or more accurately, my team and I built it. And for the graphics card, we chose a NVIDIA-designed, I believe it's a 3080 Ti, manufactured by Gigabyte. 
So even NVIDIA actually licensed some of their designs to third-party manufacturers. In that case, Gigabyte was the manufacturer that actually produced the hardware, but they licensed it as well. Now, the AI chips, that is, first, I mean, NVIDIA grew to prominence, especially with the Bitcoin boom, where everyone was trying to build their own mining rigs. And recently, one of the biggest developments in IT, and probably in our lifetimes, will be the development and proliferation of AI technologies. And since that's going to be a whole new technology, we're going to need new hardware to accompany it and actually propel it. One of the reasons Bitcoin wasn't that efficient when it was first hitting the market in terms of mining it is that you're using off-the-shelf graphics cards. And eventually, NVIDIA made ones specifically designed for mining Bitcoin. Now, this comes from us thanks to a website by the name of The Verge. And this is a specific writer by the name of Tom Warren. And he noted he is a senior editor covering Microsoft in a myriad of their applications from PC gaming to console tech. And it looks like Microsoft is going to debut the Azure Maya 100 and Cobalt 100 chips. And I'd say B-plus for marketing. It's at least unique. In some cases, you just have rudimentary or boring names. I like numbers. Historically, <coughs> BMW. But nevertheless, I like it when they at least try to have something unique that's moderately memorable. And in this case, the Maya and the Cobalt. Well, Cobalt's actually pretty apt because they probably use some Cobalt. It's also in all batteries that we use basically as well. Now... They noted that these will be the first two custom silicon chips designed by Microsoft for its cloud infrastructure. This is Microsoft. I believe they already have a beta version for their AI integration and their capabilities, and they'll still be rolling out in masses. And that has promised to be revolutionary. Now, it'll be interesting to see. They noted one of the reasons they're doing this was so that they could not just train their language models, but also to potentially avoid the cost of reliance on NVIDIA, because of course, NVIDIA ain't cheap. It's a premium product. It's again, it's pretty much this the standard if you want a high-end editing PC or a myriad of applications, but it's a pretty reputable brand and they make a phenomenally successful product. And my three cents, I think it's pretty pretty unique and amazing that the founder is still in charge of the company and he's helped grow it so exponentially and helped it be so successful. Now they also noted that Microsoft's Azure Maya AGI chip and ARM-powered Azure Cobalt CPU are arriving in 2024, which, again, that is right around the corner. I can't but think they probably already have the foundries and a lot of the logistics taken care of They're making, if the announcement is seeing the news right now. And this is on back of the surge of demand this year for the NVIDIA's H100 GPUs that were widely used to train and operate generative AI tools and large language models. There's a demand... They claim there's such a high demand for these GPUs that some have fetched as much as $40,000 on eBay? That really? Yeah, I guess, yeah. That was according to CNBC. They covered that article. Some of those cards went for $40,000. And that's for the, specifically the NVIDIA H100 processors that were also utilized by a lot of companies for 3D gaming, Pioneer. Let's see, at least eight were listed. Uh... Well, they're listed, are they selling for? Because again, you could ask for anything on eBay. There are people asking $7,500 to $20,000 for the blockbuster sign you see behind me. Obviously, I didn't pay that much because you have to kind of remind them when they say it's rare, well, there's nine of them on the same page of the search results. And by the way, there's 9,000 locations at their peak in terms of um, blockbuster. Truth be told, I got mine for a significantly discount. All I had to do was replace the bulbs in it and drive to, what was it, Texarkana? Fun little day tripper, but nevertheless, It'll be interesting to see, I mean, you get to a certain cost point as a business and a sizes business, just them using this internally for their own benefit, that's going to be a huge cost savings over NVIDIA as well as being able to make the chips 
exactly operate to optimize with their software. You see this results with Apple as well, as Apple started to make their own processors. Well, since Apple's making the software as well as the hardware, they can make it even more optimal because they're controlling more of the ecosystem, they're designing it exactly, which will benefit their program the best. They don't have to necessarily care about making something that will, pro, that will actually be designed for the mass market to help the best people. They can make it optimal for their very specific or more specific use case. So again, these are gonna be some revolutionary chips. I, it'll be interesting to see if the consumers, again, I, people, most people will never need this, but the nerd in me would love to get my hands on one of them. It'd be fascinating to see. They note that the Maya will have 105 billion transistors, or around 30% fewer than the 165 billion found on AMD's own NVIDIA competitor, the M1, oh, it's like the Terminator, the MI300X AI GPU. It'll be interesting to see. Maya is the first complete large, they know that Maya is the first complete liquid cooled server processor built by Microsoft. Interesting enough, Microsoft, well, I guess for their own internal uses, they build their own servers, but traditional server manufacturer, the big three are usually Dell EMC, you got Hewlett Packard Enterprise, then you have Lenovo if you're looking for like a rack mount PC, or off brand, they also have a brand that's called Super Micro. So we're interested to see how this affects the market and how much more optimal they can make their data centers and make their applications as they continue to control more and more of their processes and components. It'll be fascinating to see where they go from here. Other interesting business news, you have Chuck E. Cheese removing the beloved animatronics in all but one location. Now, I guess it's not too surprising. I mean, Chuck E. Cheese has been undergoing a revitalization. It's no longer the brand that I knew and loved when I was a child in terms of they no longer even use tokens anymore. They don't even use tickets anymore. They just use a little faux credit card. So, so, so sad. I don't know. I can't help but wonder if there's a reason to program kids to think that money is not work, just use your credit card more growing up. But nevertheless, nostalgia is what I miss. And it used to be a magical moment I perhaps am aging myself when you would win a prize at the machine, whether it be skeet ball or the fun one where you throw the ball at the little, little monster hairy things and they fall down. But getting those physical paper tickets was a nostalgia, magical moment in and of itself. And of course, to use the machines, you had to use a physical token that had the little Chuck E. Cheese mascot on it. And truth be told, those are pretty much antiquated and will never be around again, unfortunately. But as part of the revitalization, they've also increased the mascot in terms of they perhaps probably made him more of a mass market appeal by getting the mascot in shape and trimming him down a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if the kids actually get in shape these days. A little pessimistic in that regard. But they've got a newer mascot. He's more trim. Although still, he's not yoked, as the youth might say. They don't have the mouse that's like lifting weights yet. Perhaps I'll be the next generation. Maybe. Perhaps. Probably. Well, probably not. Now, it looks like they're removing all but one. And I believe the one will be. And this is thanks to NBC, DFW. And of course, well, if you don't know, Chuck E. Cheese is actually owned by CEC, which is a fancy way of saying Chuck E. Cheese. So CEC Companies is the actual legal name behind the parent company that's headquartered in Irving, Texas. And they've been with the new CEO, well, newer CEO, I believe it took about over about two and a half or three years ago. Doug's really revitalized the whole business. They have new outlets, they have a new, they have an app, they've had more integrations with physical parks, licensing their mascots, and they've been growing exponentially. And in terms of the number of locations, they have about 550 locations nationwide, and they note that the only, only one robot band will remain at a location that will be in California near Los Angeles, which 
skill at this point because in order to go there, you have to have a copious amount of armor and you know maybe protective detail in order to safely visit the state of California these days. So I can't but wonder if the next mob or next thieves might steal the animatronics. I hope not. But it looks like some people are starting to speculate. Well, maybe this is because of the release of a looks like a new movie called Five Nights at Freddy's, which is made popular by an old video game where they make the animatronics look very scary and it's a horror game. But given the long term that I've been reading about Trekkie Cheese and CEC Entertainment, I think it's just part of the revitalization plan. So they're going over with a new, trying to make it appear to a new audience. They're going with newer things, a lot, very similar to Dave Buster's or main event where you have lots of electronic video games everywhere and less of the legacy entertainment where you have like a physical moving robot. So I think it's part of their plan to turn the company around as they continue to try to grow and develop. And they did note, again, this article, I mean, the company's come a long way. They went bankrupt in 2020, and the pandemic really hit them hard. It looks like they lost about 80% of their annual revenue at the peak of pandemic. Prior to that, the company still carried about $1 billion in debt on their balance sheet toward the fourth quarter of 2019. So it's not too surprising. They definitely need to make some business moves and need to find that new audience. But the nostalgia to me, let me know in the comments if you agree with me, but I do, I'm going to miss those funny little weird-looking figures doing the sometimes horrifying dances, but highly entertaining. It'll be interesting to see how this affects your sales, but as I usually always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light, their very first tweet that's not trying to give you free beer, and it is roasted, or as a youth might say, ratioed. Now, it looks like Bud Light actually they tweeted a response to someone by the name of Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, who's got a million followers and has a picture of him on stage. So I assume he's a sports ball player or a musician. Probably. Nevertheless, this person has a million followers on the Twitter, or as a team people call it, the X. And Travis Kelsey, what? I don't know how deep they had to dive into this, but this is a tweet from 2009, September 16. Or as Americans call it, September 16, 2009. It's the proper way to say the nomenclature, the delineation between day, month, nevertheless, a controversy for another time. Now, Travis Kelsey said, quote, the question isn't how do you stop us? Because frankly, you can't stop what's supposed to happen. The question is, which one of us going to shine, unquote. And Bud Light said, us to our fantasy chat, unquote. What? Now, that did get 30,500 views. And in 24 hours, got 51 likes, which is nearly a mathematical impossibility to be that unpopular. Perhaps we can call it the Chris Christie effect, though I support, I su suspect we'll see one or two positive responses. Chris Christie, on some of his tweets, got zero positive responses, which a mathematic improbability in and of itself. Now, the first response comes from Emily Van Hollenbeck, and she says, Travis gets it. Guess what? Doesn't really specify, but nevertheless, she did get zero likes, but it looks like it's probably positive. She does have 315 followers. Oh, she's a phony. Her whole profile is, what is this? All about Bud Light and Anheuser Bush. All she does is repost for them. Every single one in a BLM festival. How many years is 
loudest flavor. I guess she does also repost her natural light vodka and white crawler. But all she does is repost for these big brands. Fascinating. So perhaps she may be a real person, though mentally perhaps more of a robot. Now Bud Light responded to her. Again, Bud Light didn't got get any likes for this response. They said, quote, that killer mindset, unquote. Which, grammar be damned. Perhaps the people at Bud Light are, I don't recommend this, but perhaps they are inebriated because they've been drinking Bud Light. Horrified to think how that might affect them. The taste itself. Now, the top comment by the number of likes comes from Mr. Manhouse. And this individual says, quote, y'all are gay, unquote. Gained 26 likes. Now, another popular response comes from Phil Feist, in which it looks like it is an AI-generated image of Joe Biden, a cross between Joe Biden and Al Sharpton, and it says in text, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, unquote, which is a famous quote from Biden, and that got 26 likes. Let's see here. Ashley Reynolds said, quote, that's creepy as F. Karen G. Perrier, oh. Karen Jean Perrier parody account says love you Bud Light and it's a gif of a trans dancer getting 18 likes a lot of people talking about how the Bud Light had paid Dylan Mulvaney apparently $185,000 getting 7 and 6 likes appropriately accordingly let's see here And every other response is a clip of Steven Crowder with that breaking news. I'll have to dive in a little bit deeper. Now let's go to the hidden responses. Someone did a graphical design, or not graphical design. Someone used pencil to make a picture of a, a man without his private parts. And it says, men who drink Bud Light. That got two likes. Another person has a picture Way, way too unsavory for me to describe, but nevertheless, it is a picture against Bud Light that got another two likes. So it looks like they are ramping up and ever increasing their censorship. And again, the one positive note that they had was from someone who is a career reposter for Bud Light. Now, granted, they might be one of the 18 employees still left of the company. Kidding, I know they probably have a couple hundred for now, even though week over week their sales are down about 30%, give or take by dollar amount and, you know, about 26% by volume amount. But yeah, looks like, as youth might say, they were ratioed to say the least. And I suspect as long as it is an original post, they're gonna have the same mockery because they never trust the 800 pound grill in the room or the 800, well, maybe 185 pound, no. The 85 pound Mulvaney in the room. Nevertheless, all the other, the only responses or the only tweets where they're not getting roasted is when they're doing the free tweets or the free beer. Where again, they have those promos where they're saying, retweet us and we'll give you a free case of beer if you're a winner. Which again is a great example of how someone can be a winner and a loser at the same time. Partially because, I mean, I can't help but think who would want to drink a Bud Light publicly. And even if you want a case of Bud Light, what would you do with it? I mean, would you perhaps use it as a solvent to clean your toilet? Maybe. It's against the Geneva Convention, I would suspect, but you could maybe use it for prisoner interrogation. I don't recommend it. This, I mean, this, some might say it's a crime against humanity to force them to actually consume the product, but I can't but wonder, what, 
a weed killer perhaps to kill weeds in your yard? Count would think they would shrivel up and die at the mere taste. Although I know plants can't taste, so there's that mere contact perhaps, similar to an acid. But let me know in the comments, what would you do if you won a case of Bud Light? And do you think, will these type of roasts or these ratios ever stop until they ever actually address the issue? I, given the, it's been about half a year now, I can't but think they're never actually going to address the real issue or, you know, try to fix things. They just want to kind of spend more money on marketing and hope for the best, which, again, it's not really working out great, especially for this specific brand of Bud Light in the Anheuser Bush InBev portfolio. But let me know in the comments. It'd be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Other interesting culture news you have Miss Universe filing for bankruptcy. And some are saying that, coincidentally, they also had an award in which they gave the award to the uh, trans. Was a contestant. So, Miss Universe used to be extremely popular, and the company behind, you know, the parent company that actually owns the brand, the operation of Miss Universe, just filed for bankruptcy after the, the alleged trans controversy. Now, it looks like the, this is thanks to the New York Post, in 2023, the Miss Universe pageant was well known for its inclusion of transgender contestants, which still take place uh, on Saturday. The JDN Global Group, which, I don't know what kind of marketing that is, not very inspirational, but nevertheless, this organization called the JDN Group, behind it, filed for bankruptcy just days before the event. A Thai business tycoon and transgender activist, Anne Jakrajutipa, Jakrajuta, Jakrajutapit? I, that's probably close, I think. Maybe. Let me know in the comments. Now, that individual bought the organization for $20 million dollars Jagrajutatip, who has come to international fame as a transgender celebrity, describes the purchase as a strong strategic addition to our portfolio, unquote. Well, not so much because they're going bankrupt. But a year later, the franchise became unstable. Look, just within a year, they drove into the ground? That is, that's almost like a government level in ineptitudes. Now, a public document sent to the stock exchange from Thailand from JDM Global Group declared JDM Global Group Public Company Limited. The company has filed a petition for a business rehabilitation with the Central Bankruptcy Court under the bankruptcy AEBE 2483. As on November 8th, the Central Bankruptcy Court has subsequently issued an order to accept the petition for the business rehabilitation of the company on November 9th, 2023. The Miss Universe organization published a subsequent announcement declaring that amid the, quote, current financial situation that we confirm that Miss Universe 2023 will be held in El Salvador on 18th November 2023, where a top-notch experience provided for our fans will remain top rock priorities. This year's Miss Universe pageant is slated to feature at least two transgender people who identify as women for the first time. Miss Portugal, a flight attendant named Mariana Machete, and Ricky Coley, who is the first transgender from the Netherlands. This follows Spain's Angela Pons, who was the pageant's first trans contestant overall in 2018, but did not advance to the finals. Now, Machete released a video in September lamenting that the, quote, rising levels of transphobia and intolerance are alarming worldwide. But they noted it's heartwarming to see that the Miss Ms. Universe organization is so inclusive and breaking boundaries and all that. Now, I can't help but wonder, again, similar to Victoria's Secret, where 
they used to go to cater a very specific audience, beautiful women, and then they decided to shift their business model going from a niche of, well, depending on what you look at the figures of the United States obesity rates and health rates, nevertheless, they went from a specific vision of having beautiful women, they had the angels, and then Victoria's Secret gave in to the activists and said, you know what, we're going to make audience for everyone. And I guess that's a pun in moderately intended as it go everyone because they meant the big folks too as well as the trans community, which they thought was a bigger sample size and bigger perspective, well not just you know, pun intended for bigger, but they thought it was a greater sample size and a greater perspective class that they could reach, but then they lost about a billion dollars. So that was not such a good thing for Victoria's Secret and subsequently they announced publicly that they're going to go back to the traditional vision of really portraying beauty and having the angels and not trying to sell underwear for everyone on the planet. Which again, I'm not saying there's not an audience for that or there's not a prospective client for that, but I think it'd be better, even if you're a parent company, start a different brand for that specific vision. Victoria's Secret for decades was all about going after the beautiful women and making women feel beautiful. So I'm not surprised that vision just failed out on its face. Now, I wonder if it's a similar situation here where historically speaking, Miss Universe, I remember the gal, back in my day, the gals in the schools would talk about it every once in a while, and they would always, they all yearn to want to have that, what they perceived as the physical perfection, and they all strive, and I mean, little girls would have all those little, you know, they have contests in school, all that kind of stuff. It's something they aspire to be. Now, this is a very, you know, relative to the whole life cycle of Miss Universe, it's a much more newer development. And I think, and I was gonna say, maybe I'm wrong, time shall tell, but the, more and more people are starting to tune out of this type of cultural shift. And again, if they want this to be successful, I would guess they can have, I think a proven business idea would be, if you wanted to, just own multiple pageants and have one for each of the groups. However, that philosophy, many would also argue is in opposition to their, some of those ideas because they think there's no delineation between the groups. So these businesses are stuck between a rock and a hard place. Now, in this specific case, this is a straight up, is an activist, and it's a trans activist. So this person's doing exactly what they want. And maybe they inherited the company and the books were bad already and the, fit, the finances were not good, so they're starting to reset the button, so to say, which business owners just throughout time and companies have done before. Now, I suspect they're decreasing the mass appeal they used to have, and that's why that's a part of the variables that's affecting this bankruptcy. And again, with the short term, I don't think it's not going to be a financial beneficial thing for them to go down this path. Long term, maybe I'm wrong. But let me know in the comments, do you think this bankruptcy is a direct result because of the activists and this individual's ideals and the new business model they're going after? Or do you think it's coincidence? Or do you think, hey, they just bought the business, they want to have it reset, they have some bad assets on the books? Let me know, I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news, you have Disney stock being bought by yet another activist investor. Now this comes as Disney stock is Gone down precipitously about the past couple years. A lot of people are saying it's partially because of Bob Chapek and Bob Iger, the CEOs, and partially because their creativity in terms of the writing department is poor to say the least. A lot of the Disney intellectual properties have become a copy of copy of copy of copy, which if you own a photocopier at home, it's a fun little experiment. Take a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. Every time you do that, the image degrades, which I think is a perfect metaphor for things like Star Wars and the Marvels, which used to be very unique things and magical things back in the day, as youth might say. Good rule of thumb for Star Wars, well, as well as Indiana Jones, how many, it's hard to keep track of how many things Disney has bastardized and destroyed, but they used to be more rare. They used to be quality over quantity. 
They reverse that, and I think the stock market is rewarding them appropriately. The audiences are all leaving appropriately. Now, on that note, really quick, I'm not a doctor. However, if you click the subscribe button, it may cure my stutter. Maybe. Probably. Just saying it can't hurt. We could find out together. Now, this comes as a couple weeks ago, we actually noted that a activist investor was actually buying up to about $2 billion of Disney stock and pushing for two seats on board directors. That activist investor wanted Disney specifically to get out of politics, as Disney has not only injected politics into these materials, but also gone up against the governor of Florida with the whole controversy around their bill where they didn't want the schools indoctrinating in their children in sexual beliefs and ideals. So they told the schools, hey, you can't talk about sex one way or the other. We don't care what kind you're No kind. This, this isn't the place for that. And Disney said, hey, we want schools to have the, we want teachers to be able to indoctrinate kids. Disney said, hey, we stand up for that. They made that decision and alienated a huge part of the audience, thereby creating their own competition via Bent Key Ventures, or Bent Key, which is the Daily Wire's now animated shows for the children, which I suspect that will be wildly successful as more and more consumers are looking for an alternative where they just want to have a show they could trust where they're not pushing messages to kids that are contrary to many of their values and their core beliefs. Now, this new company, this other activist investor is known as Value Act Capital. And it looks like they've been increasing their stake in Disney for quite some time. They are a San Francisco-based, so probably already know what kind of activists they are and how this might be contrarian to the other investor. Now, they claim that they've known the Disney team for more than a decade and have been in contact with management as it built over its stake over the last months. Although their, their exact size of the stake is unclear, it would not be learned about specific changes Value Act might be pushing for, the people said that Value Act believes the home of Mickey Mouse can flex its muscles now. News of Value Act's position was first reported by a 13D monitor. Value Act and Disney declined to comment. Disney stock price could trade between $120 and $190 per share, far above its $94.19 per share Value Act has suggested, which, no. Again, I'm not giving financial advice, I'm just saying, I think the only way they can actually get to that huge dollar per share is if they got rid of politics completely and went after the mass audience of everyone in the United States. Because right now, they've alienated about 50% of the audience, give or take. And you know, I was not saying you can't do that. There are a lot of niche products out there. Ferrari makes, well, well I was going to say, probably not the best example since they're known for actually lying about how many vehicles they make. But nevertheless, companies like Ferrari they don't make a big volume of products. They're not like the Toyota Corolla, which is the number one car in history by volume of units sold. Now, Ferrari makes a very limited amount for a very specific customer set. Now, that works for them because it's a high price. Now, Disney, they can't really charge a high price for these movies and these stuffs. So, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Granted, they put themselves there to begin with. Now, Disney's CEO, Bob Iger, is also, they claim to be positioned in terms of streaming subscribers and content library. But they say that, oh yeah, there's all this great content by Pixar, Star Wars, and Marvel. But do they? In terms of how many of the new intellectual properties that have been released are really beloved and people really want to hear about? Because they can't help but think more and more people be turned off by the content. And fewer, and fewer people want to see the rudimentary acting and the piss-poor storylines, or lack thereof. Sometimes it doesn't even seem like there's a story. And can't help but think... They're just devaluing what could what Disney Plus could have been their streaming service. Where, again, they had a huge portfolio. They had they had the formula for success. They had all the ammo for the fight, so to say, and they chose to shoot themselves in the foot time and time again. So it'll be interesting to see 
I mean, last month it looks like Reality Axe versus Drama Company. So Nelson Putz Train Fund Management seems to be the one I was referencing to earlier. Pelt said in a regulatory filing on Tuesday that Tran increased his stake common shares by more than 400%. Now owns 32.9 million shares, roughly worth $2.7 billion at the end of the third quarter. The stake is far bigger than those held by hedge funds, Kautu uh, Management, AdAge Capital Partners, and DE Shaw, which each stakes more than $100 million. Last month, Pelt signaled that he was planning to nominate several directors to the board when the nomination window opens in a few weeks. He may be laying the groundwork for a second proxy fight after abandoning his push for one board seat in February after the company laid out plans to address the criticism. Which, again, at the time, he was saying, hey, you need to get your costs under control because you're bleeding money. Which they were. And Bob Iger, to his credit, he did cut a lot of costs. The goal is to cut about $7 billion in expenses, which they have. They've been laying out getting rid of employees, trimming the fat, so to say. And they've been helping in that regard, but they're still alienating people with the controversial things that they're making and their political messaging that they're ingesting and pushing into all the content. The consumers are not so much happy. Now, granted, there are people who are politically motivated who will like them for that, but I think that group of people is few and far between compared to the mass audience of everyone. So let me know in the comments. Do you think this new company will be able to have, have a little bit more weight behind them? How, it seems to be there's going to be a proxy war. Who's going to win? You have Pelts. Again, Peltz is someone who's very anti-policy. He wants to get politics out of the business. He did this with multiple companies before. He successfully turned about businesses such as Snapple, which he successfully sold to, turned that company around, then sold it to Cure of Dr. Pepper, now Cure Dr. Pepper, for a huge sum of capital. So, so it'll be interesting to see. What, what do you think is the best vision? One, get politics out of Disney, let them make up content for everyone. Or two, ramp up the politics, ramp up the political messaging, and lean into it, so to say. I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have DeSantis reacting to Tim Scott dropping out of the race. Now, this comes thanks to Ron DeSantis' Twitter, or as 12 people call it, the X, which still sounds ridiculous. I mean, you don't even tweet anymore, you just post, but nevertheless, this is one of DeSantis' most popular tweets lately, getting about 660,000 views and 13,000 likes. And DeSantis specifically says, quote, Tim Scott is a strong conservative with bold ideas about how to get our country back on track. I respect his courage to run this campaign and thank him for his service to America and the U.S. Senate. I look forward to Tim continuing to be a leader in our party for years to come, unquote. Which, I would think most people would say, that's a class, that's a class act, so to say, in terms of you thank them for running, you say that you acknowledge they have some good ideas, and I'm actually surprised he didn't hint at maybe like a, a position on his board or something like that. Nevertheless, on his face value, he seems to be pretty good. I would suspect probably had mostly positive comments, mostly supportive of DeSantis in the statement. That being said, it's usually a 50 50 job when it comes to it, but let's dive in and find out. So, again, that got 660,000 views and 13,000 likes. And the first response, or the first two responses, rather, at the very top are one from Turtle Power 98, which gets an A plus for marketing because the profile picture is, in fact, of a turtle. You know exactly what you're getting. Although, the great concern might be, how is a turtle typing this? But nevertheless, this alleged turtle says, quote, Trumpers are nervous because they realize the more candidates that get out, the better chance DeSantis or someone else has to beat Trump, unquote. And that got 157 likes and 10,000 views. Now, that being said, Trump is still about 30 to 40 points ahead of DeSantis. And Tim Scott had about 3%. And we're talking about Republican nominee polls. So even if 
and I don't think it'll happen in terms of the numbers, but even if every single person who was going to vote for Tim Scott went to DeSantis, that, that's still not enough to catch up with Trump. Now, of course, the big question in the room is which, I mean, will the government prohibit Trump to actually campaign? Well, I should say they're already kneecapping, and I think many people would argue illegally handicapping his ability to campaign, but are they going to actually fully prosecute him successfully and actually prevent him from being on the ballot? Those are, those are the really big questions that are, a lot of people are being asked and the concerns. Now, someone else by the name of Marjorie Taylor Greene press release parody says, quote, you will be dropping out soon. I hear your money is drying up, unquote. That got 347 likes and 19,000 views. Little Brown Dog, who, A-plus marketing, the profile picture is in fact of a little brown dog, says, quote, class act as always governor, unquote, getting 142 likes. Christie says, quote, pure class, thank you, sir, hashtag RD24, got 113 likes. Janin Kernan says, quote, I have to say that I respect Tim Scott for suspending his campaign before Iowa, way to leave with dignity, unquote, getting 279 likes. Banana Republican says, quote, Ron DeSantis is classy as always, unquote, getting 323 likes. Wild Sauce says, quote, I do agree Tim's a good guy. He has a good spirit about him, unquote, getting 43 likes. C.P. Smith says, quote, this is respectful, said, 100%, getting 67 likes. John Awesome Best Likes says, quote, Tim's a good man. I hope you have a role for him in your presidency, unquote, getting 42 likes. Red Wave Press saying, quote, unquote, well done, or well said, DeSantis, unquote, getting 50 likes. David Pinson says, quote, your turn to drop out now, unquote, getting 63 likes. WP saying, quote, well said, an extremely classy, sir. Behavior like this from DeSantis is why I am hashtag with DeSantis, getting 53 likes. Vice President Carlava Harris, barely, barely parody account, says, quote, thank you, Ron, but why are you still running? Unquote, getting 51 likes. Let's see here. Jim Musick said, quote, classy statement as usual. The other guy will send out a series of wacky statements by 1 a.m. tonight, unquote, getting 57 likes. Delusional says, quote, you're next. Come back to Florida and help lower insurance prices, unquote, getting 33 likes. Let's see here. SS says, quote, geez, Ron trying to shill for Tim's 2%, unquote. Laffy emoji. I got 78 likes. And in full transparency, I thought it was 2.8%, but nevertheless. Mitch Mitchell says, quote, so, is tr so has Trump come out with such a similar magnetic, 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 oh, this grant. We'll see. This might be a hilarious attempt to pronounce this word, uh, Says, quote, so has Trump come out with a similar manigmatis? I used to know that. It loses me at the moment. Statement, unquote, getting 12 likes. I'll remember as soon as I stop recording. Or I'll be able to do it as soon as I, but nevertheless. Someone by the name of Donald J. Trump parody says, quote, he will endorse me, Ron, not you. Unquote, getting 79 likes. Let's see here. The Patriot Oasis says, quote, your career is over, just like Tim Scott's. He has enough sense to realize it and accept it. You don't, unquote, gain 57 likes. And a lot of statements gain between 0 and 10 likes, saying you're next. Uh, a lot of people poking fun at his alleged fake shoes or his heels or his uh, attempt at heightening, which is controversy in and of itself. 
see here. So interestingly enough, I'd say, uh, Brandon with a butter, or not butterfly, a bee, says, quote, trying to get in that endorsement, aren't you? Getting eight likes. Let's see. So yeah, it looks like, eh, I'd say about 50-50 split based on DeSantis's tweet. And let me know, do you think a majority of those votes, are they gonna go to DeSantis? Or do you think they're gonna go over to one of the many other competitors, like Republican nominee? There are still many options for them and it'll be interesting to see, you know, where do those prospective voters go to? But time shall tell. Other interesting political news, you have Chris Christie claiming Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are running for second place and Trump is scared of Chris Christie. And I did do a fact check. I went on the Google, the Brave, and the browsers. This is not for Chris Christie's stand-up career. I thought he may have switched from politician to maybe become a stand-up or comedy comedian. This wasn't part of an act or anything. He legitimately said this to real people. And he did not look inebriated like he was under the influence of an illegal substance, even more surprising. Because again, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are way ahead of them in the polls. I mean, Nikki Haley, I think, on average, has about three times as much. Nikki Haley is usually around 7 to 9%. Chris Christie is usually around 2.7 to 3%. And DeSantis is usually around 14%. So this is a fascinatingly, I don't know, many people would say hilarious clip, but it's one of the most popular Chris Christie clips lately. This comes thanks to Chris Christie's Twitter, or as 18 people call it, his ex. Well, that sounds weird, his ex. I'm pretty sure he's still probably happily married. His social media ex. Marketing Elon, I'm not sure if that was the right decision, but nevertheless, he says before this interview, quote, the only path of winning the nomination is not around or next to, but through Donald Trump. I'm the only candidate running against real Donald Trump. Clearly, Nikki Haley and Ron Sanders are running for second place. And this got 60,000 views and 892 likes, which is a lot of likes for Chris Christie. And for him, it's a pretty good amount of views. So without further ado, this is on an interview with MSNBC. I am the only candidate running against Donald Trump. The Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis seem to be running against each other for second place. Um, good for them. Uh, but, you know, when Nikki Haley stands on the stage, on Wednesday night and says Donald Trump was the right president for the right time. When Ron DeSantis continues to defend Donald Trump, um, you cannot beat someone unless you run against them. And the only path to the Republican nomination for president is not around Donald Trump or next to Donald Trump. It is through Donald Trump. And the fact is I'm the only person who's willing to do that. I'm the only person with the guts and the experience to be able to do it. And you and I both know why Donald Trump's not on that debate stage. It's because I am. And after I've qualified now for this debate, that means I'll be in every other debate from here forward. We're going to find each other at some point. And I'm going to hold him to account for the fact that he is not fit to be president of the United States. He is unfit by his own conduct. And come this spring, Andrea, he's gonna be convicted by a jury here in Washington. And you know who's gonna convict him? Mark Meadows, who now has a cooperation agreement with the federal government. He's gonna sit 20 feet from Donald Trump in a courtroom right down the street from where we are. And he's gonna say Donald Trump committed crimes on his watch and that he lied starting on election night knowingly about the results of the election and instructed others, including Mark Meadows, to commit crimes to try to overturn the election. So that was a real clip of Chris Christie right there. Now, 
In terms of numbers, let's go to, before we go in the comments, let's go to projects538.com, which is a poll aggregator. So we've had a couple polls since the GOP recent debate. And it's actually more comical than I thought in terms of the discrepancies between the candidates. Chris Christie, again, this is a poll aggregator, and the recent polls that have been added are a sample size of 609 registered voters, 546 registered voters, and 453 registered voters, coming from pollsters known as YouGov, another one by YouGov, and Beacon Research, Shaw Company Research. And again, those have all been added to the other ones that were recent. Trump's at 59.1%. Chris Christie is at 2.5%. So Chris Christie has gone down. I actually thought you might gain a couple of the votes, not a lot, but maybe three to four votes now that Tim Scott has dropped out. But as of right now, and again, polls just like the stock market change frequently, Trump is at 59.1%. DeSantis is at 14.1%. Nikki Haley is up to 9.4%. Vivek Ramaswamy is up a little bit at 5.1%. Chris Christie is at 2.5%. Bergam is at 0.7%, reminding us that North Dakota is a state still. And Hutchinson is at 0.6%. So, interestingly enough, those two gentlemen at the last have not dropped out yet. I suppose they can buy their tenacity and not giving up yet. Again, Chris Christie's saying, oh yeah, I'm going to challenge Trump. But even if Trump is legally barred from running, DeSantis is what? About six point something more than Christie in the polls? And Nikki Haley, she's about three point something times more popular in the polls for the Republican nominee? There's no mathematical way I can see Chris Christie actually gets the Republican nominee answer today. And I know, I mean, stuff changes frequently in politics, things move quickly. Who knows, something could change to you know throw the polls off out the window tomorrow. But with all the data we have right now, I mean, let me know in the comments. Do you think there's anything more than just a comical thing to see Chris Christie run at this point? I mean, again, he's getting, I mean, 2.5 is not nothing. I mean, most people can get that type of poll numbers. And he has his niche. He's going after the people who hate Trump. In the Republican Party, there are people who do that, which is why he's polling not at 0% right now. But again, he's at 2.5. I, I can't mention the Las Vegas odds. Maybe we'll look that up next episode. What's the Las Vegas odds of Chris Christie becoming president? Like, if you, if you bet a dollar that he'll become president, I can't but wonder, like, what would he get, $100 back, $1,000 back? Those odds are so infinitesimal. Though, at the same time, one could argue that was the same thing that happened to Trump in 2016. The odds were way against him. And he blew everyone's mind and changed the game, as the youth might say. Now, going into the comments section of this Chris Christie, again, this is his post. He put it out there. He has a family and campaign staff, they, in theory, they'll be in here defending him or praising him. Let's dive in and find out. Again, there are 892 people who liked it, so that's better than usual for Chris Christie. And the first couple are, uh, yeah, they're comical and or ridiculing him. So the first one comes from Peggy, 1962, and this person says, quote, the only thing you're running for is the front of the buffet line, unquote, and got 14 likes. Next person by the name of Kathy Center says, quote, the why, grammar be damned, I'll read it exactly as written, unquote, or quote, rather. The why you polling at the bottom, unquote, gained 14 likes. Rhonda says, quote, literally, stop, no one wants you, man, stop, unquote, gained 10 likes. Buzz Patterson says, bro, you're polling at 3%, unquote, gained 83 likes. And actually, it's worse than that, as we just said, at least in terms of the poll aggregators, he's pointing at, pulling at 2.5%. Let's see here. One chain monkey man says, quote, laugh out loud. The only one worried about U.S. competitor 
is Joey's Joey Jaws. And back at 14 likes, Joey Jaws, I looked at his profile, is a competitive eater. So I, Emily Vicalis says, quote, LOL, are you gaining weight again? Unquote. Gain 15 likes. Menta1989 says, quote, can you even run? Unquote. Gain 13 likes. Old Gag Coaster says, quote, Trump and gang are using Ramaswamy and his proxy in the debates. If you want to take on Trump while he's avoiding the Republican primary debates, start targeting Ramaswamy more to land some hits. Unquote. Gain 13 likes. And that is that's actually a positive note for Chris Christie, the little advice. Will I take it? Probably not. But it, Chris Christie was not Chris Christied, as I'm turning that into a verb today, right here, right now. A phenomenon on social media in which zero people agree with you and everyone ratios you. The Chris Christie. Although, now that I think about it, that's probably also named for a sandwich in New Jersey with copious amounts of trans fats. But nevertheless. Now, someone by the name of Hang Like Grim Death says, quote, your campaign is dead for Christ's sake, getting 23 likes. Someone by the name of Wiz saying you can't even win New Jersey, go home. Getting 20 likes. Stinson Norwood said, quote, you've had your fun, now suspend your campaign. Getting 5 likes. Piss Off Neanderthal says you can't fix stupid as a gif of a comedian. Getting 10 likes. Amy Bishop says, quote, no chance. Getting 5 likes. Daniel Meyer says, quote, MSM is getting you a lot of free advertising. Wonder why, unquote. Getting 3 likes. Let's see here. Jody McCaffrey says, quote, perfect example of someone who doesn't know when to quit. Dude can't even quit eating donuts, even though his arteries are screaming at him, unquote, getting five likes. And again, as I continue to scroll more and more and more, a lot of people saying he's a mediocre governor. A lot of people just using a copious amount of laughing emojis, still getting between three and seven likes. A lot of gifts of Porky the Pig. Should throw back to vintage cartoons, the Looney Tunes. Yep. Yeah, as the youth might say, he was initially ratioed as you'll have literally one moderately positive comment. So let me know, is it just, do you think he'll drop off or drop out of the race in the next couple of days, weeks? I mean, it kind of seems inevitable with the current numbers we're seeing. And again, do you think, do you really think that Trump is scared of Chris Christie? I can't but think, no, absolutely not. But that's just my three cents. Used to be two cents, but 40-year hyperinflation, got to make it three cents. Should be four cents, but I'm a generous man. And it is still free to click the subscribe button over there. Or there. However your phone or I guess your desktop is oriented, we appreciate that button being clicked. Now going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Wanda Banana lead contamination affecting now up to 22 victims in 14 states. Now this comes after a couple days ago when we actually reported that there's a preliminary evidence to show that there were contaminants of lead and lead particulates in this applesauce goop pouch, which is a ridiculous luxury in and of itself. There's no reason that it should exist. If you do enjoy applesauce, just literally open up the little wrapper and eat it or make your own. But nevertheless, apparently people love the convenience of having the applesauce in a pouch. Interesting to say the least. Now, specifically, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention announced that 22 toddlers across 14 states were poisoned by lead found in the recalled applesauce packets. One to three-year-old patients presented a high blood level ranging from four to 29 micrograms per deciliter with common symptoms of lead poisoning according to the announcement. The recall expanded from Wanda Banana brand products to the private label brands of Schmucks grocery stores, 
and Wise Grocery Stores earlier this month. The cases are currently reported in Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Missouri, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Washington. And it looks like the original recall, let's see here, was October 29th. They know that you should seek medical help or you may be affected by lead toxicity in your system if you have the following symptoms, headache, abdominal pain, vomiting, amnia. Long-term lead exposure symptoms could include irritability, lethargy, fatigue, muscle aches, occasional discovered abdominum, tremor, weight loss, headache, difficulty concentrating, and constipation. And they say, what should you do? Let's see here. Just say, see a doctor as soon as you can because the long-term health effects are even more detrimental. I don't know if their marketing is just piss poor to say the least, but again, this was known for quite some time. It's a shame that more people weren't made aware of the situation. And again, there are a lot of distractions in their lives. Everyone's got a smartphone or you know, 20 million apps and devices going on at the same time. But it's a shame, and again, I'm not sure how you could conceivably put out a rollout, a big type of announcement to capture the market of everyone who purchased the product or may purchase the product. I don't think that's even possible, to be frank, unless you had total control of the Android or the Apple markets app. But nevertheless, to have, again, a product that is specifically designed and targeted towards the youth community or the kids, and again, those are the people who are affected most by the type of less exposure, to have this type of business blunder where not only you're affecting the bottom line, but also your brand, and more importantly, you're hurting people, that's, your, your brand is being destroyed. I don't know any parent who would trust this company again after having such a huge blunder, which could have such detrimental effects. It's already, I mean, it's unfortunate that 22 have been poisoned, and I just, I pray everything will be okay with them, that they'll have a quick recovery, and hopefully there's no long-term symptoms. But to have a company that is making products for children, not to have the utmost standards for safety and quality, that's unforgivable. And in my opinion, that's gotta be the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone again for taking the time to tune in today, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So if you click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, any comments are greatly appreciated. I'm always looking for a critique, even if it's harsh, so I know how to grow and develop, make the channel better and better. Lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe, fight the good fight.